it's like a little commercial or something. They're like, no, 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 it's the movie. I'm like, oh, cool, like some promo thing for the movie or something. Like, what are we doing? They're like, no, 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 no. We want you to be the stunt double for Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? What's up, guys? Today's guest is a professional stuntman that has been a Spider-Man stunt double for the last 10 years. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Dave Elson. What's up, dog? Welcome. What's up, man? Good to see you, man. This Good is a, one of those super cool ones to me. We're like knocking off all of the, uh, the throwback homies from when we first started our careers in right. LA, like so long ago. I think like you were one of the first people that uh, we used to train with all the time back at Gymnastics Olympica. And I think we even did, do you do Delis Warrior too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah. we all started on that, like Delis Warrior. That kept me Warrior. alive because that was when I first moved out and yeah. it was just like struggling for money. We can what, like 250 a day, non-union shoot? That's what it was. <laughs> Wearing ridiculous costumes, dude. Did you do the Spartan Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the shirtless Spartan Day? Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I was super glad I didn't have to do that one, bro. But <laughs> the Samurai Day was super rough, like in these old school Samurai costumes oh, and the okay. Valley Heat, bro. Oh, man. Was it's that... A, that was where you cut your arm, right? Uh, the Maori one was when I cut oh, okay. my arm. Yeah, which is crazy. So, yeah, wow. To think all the way back to that. I know. It's crazy the amount of people that actually worked on that show, though, now. And, like, to see where their careers have gone. Oh, I, know. Like, I remember Randy Archer was on there. Yes. Yeah. Randy Archer, who's like, yeah, now he's working all the time. It's, uh, Solomon was on there back in the day. Phil Severo was on there. Holy crap. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Bunch of people. Uh, Sean, P- Sean Piccinino, uh-huh. who's now a, f- a director, like yeah. a first unit director. Yep. He was on there back in the days. So crazy to look back on. And, and like you said, it kind of kept a lot of us uh, afloat in the yeah. very beginning. That was my first job. I was still in college when I got the call for that. Yeah. And I like ditched class spring semester to come down and film for a couple of weeks. And like, that's good. That's how you knew Andrew, right? You guys went to college together? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And he had quit college like our fall semester to pursue stunts. And I was yeah. like, good luck, dude. I walk into Noel's house and the first guy that walks in is Andrew. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, this is my first job. I'm like, no way. So it was so surreal. And then Solomon walked in the door and who was like, became one of my good friends over the course of like the last 15 years. So that's crazy. That was like 2008. Yeah, it must've been. I know I moved out in 2007. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was 2008. Cause like I definitely graduated that summer. So I I remember going to White Lotus studio, like the little the pre-spring for white lotus yeah yeah, yeah. like back in the like little strip mall yeah 100 percent. holy crap i forgot we did go there a couple of times there yeah. a couple of times we flipped around a little bit we just had panel mats like. yeah i met your dad and then he was talking about qigong and like yeah. showed us a couple things and yes. we was like blown away by it dude those are such that's back when we were even hanging out with uh, luke broadlick a lot yeah that's when like luke was part of the circle yeah, holy yeah, crap yeah. dude and this dates back to i'm gonna say a very funny name which you'll understand uh team velocity yep <laughs> and and why that's so funny to us is team velocity was this like makeshift uh free running parkour group of guys that it was basically all of us in la at the time just kind of just like trying to put something together so we could do auditions at some times and like i remember we did that one nike audition um do you remember the one where jake flipped into the uh curtains and he fell yeah (laughs) oh my god He, was, he did like a, a double, double egg, egg or something. Yeah, me and him did double eggs, and I turned. I just hear him go ah, and his legs <laughs> got caught in the curtains, and he head. Down. We were just like, "All right, not getting this one." <laughs> Didn't book that one. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny time in our lives, bro. Um, also, I remember uh, there's a lot of stuff like that, like King 
Gainer to his face yes, at that bro. one audition. Yes, bro. 100%. Dude. Like, I think everybody just must have eaten it at some point in some audition. Yeah, that was that was a time, too, when everyone was so hungry. We were just taking yeah. every and any call. Like, in fact, one of my first SAG jobs, I think I drove you guys to the callback for Coca-Cola. Yeah. And I was in the waiting room. Yeah. And then that's yeah, when the guy yeah, came yeah. out and called me in the room and I booked it. It was crazy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that's how I got tafted into the industry. It's like, oh, if crazy. I didn't drive you that day, I would have been screwed. So yeah, it's like, because you weren't even like auditioning or anything, no, right? No, bro. I, who was it? It was you and Kane and maybe somebody else. Like, yeah, I'm trying. I mean, definitely was wasn't definitely me. Like, at least three of us. Yeah. And yeah. then you drove us. I drove, drove you guys in the blazer. And then. I get called in, get the audition. We go outside and my car got towed because we, yes. we were on like oh my in Hollywood in the, the, the gridlock 4 to 7 p.m. time zone. It's like so surreal, bro. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Crazy times. And I remember that, that other dude booked it with you who like was not a parkour guy at all, but he was booking every commercial. The Kapoda guy. I can't yes. remember his name. Oh, oh it's going to kill me. Yeah, I forget though. He, he was booking everything because he was yeah. like ethnically looking, yeah. like very like multi-ethnic looking. He like, was a nice guy, but he just like was zero skilled. Yeah, he would do things like run up to a wall and do a speed vault off the wall like sideways. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and he'd do like that kind of like awkward tic-tac thing off the yeah, wall. Doc. But he was just booking every commercial. He just had to look. everything at the time. You're totally right. Because besides Victor Lopez uh, yeah. and Gabe, technically speaking, yeah, yeah. there was no real like, Hispanics, I guess. But yeah. yeah, that guy was on fire. I wish I could remember his name right now. Yeah, I don't know. So, so crazy, man. Yeah, flashbacks to all these memories, man. <laughs> so, so surreal to think about it. And off camera, we were just talking about how you're about to get a power walls from Tesla installed at the house that you own. And it just reminds me all the way back to Panorama City days when you're living in this apartment in like a sketchy part of town where like, oh, it was crazy. Back when Solomon lived in a single studio. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we were in, it was, it was Kane, myself, Mike. Remember Mike? Yeah. And, uh, and Advent. Advent. <laughs> and we all, it was Nordoff and Sepulveda in yes. Northridge. And it was like, we were the only white people there. It was like the sketchiest place in the world. 100%. Or, uh, Robbie Corbett moved in at one point. Yeah. And he got pulled over by some cop. And the cop was like, like what are you doing here? And he was like, I live over here. And he's like, oh, he must be pretty tough. What are you doing here? <laughs> That's so funny, dude. <laughs> times, times were rough back then, man. Yeah. Like this was like pre any of us getting uh, stunt jobs. Oh yeah, we were like still just trying to make it or break it off, like daily, like day playing stuff, uh, occasional, I guess, like commercials. You know, yeah, like it was small stuff. So small. I remember so I was small. paying two fifty a month for that place. Two fifty a month. It was a thousand bucks, and it was a two bedroom, and four of us were splitting it and sharing bedrooms. So we were just paying two fifty a month plus I, utilities. I mean, that should be a, a, signif a signal of how like where the neighborhood was. If you're paying a thousand dollars for know. four people to live, like oh, I mean, a thousand dollars can't even get you like uh, a single in most places in LA out here. Like, oh, not anymore. That is crazy. I, I know someone that was paying like two to three grand for a single. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Four people for a thousand bucks is insane. Oh, I was shopping at the dollar store for my groceries. I remember this, bro. <laughs> I got to the point where I was eating peanut butter and honey sandwiches for like lunch and dinner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, man. It makes it makes like where we've come so much more worth it to remember those times, dude. Like yeah. the struggle was so, so real at a certain point. Like, but like, I, I don't think anybody did. I never cared. It never bothered say, me the slightest bit. We never like really talked about it as friends. Like when we, during those times, we never like verbalized like, oh man, times are really tough right now. Like yeah. we just kind of all, whenever we got together, it was just a train yeah. that was like outside or at geo or something it like that. All that mattered. All that mattered was training. Yeah. And then uh, I know one pivotal moment that was super cool was when I finally opened the actual white Lotus with the spring floor. Mm -hmm. We finally had a spot where we could train a little bit more because this was predating Tempest opening. Yep. So it's like, we finally had a spot where we could train. I remember we would just have 
crazy sessions with just like the mini tramp like yep. and that's it and like, like one cheese sessions wall. yeah yeah and like one cheese wall and that's yep. it and we were just going so hard for hours at a time there, there's this old video of i think luke was there and i mean obviously we were all there for who else and it's just like this old video that's on it might be on ryan's page the free rent la maybe that one like yeah that, i think that it's old on channel? there okay and it was just one of those jam nights where yes. we, we had like some blocks yes and we were doing like like vault to precision flips and then we we're doing some wall flips and stuff like that. I know that. exactly which video you're talking about. Yeah, I looked at that video when I had Ryan on like a, a couple of weeks ago and yeah, I was okay. like, holy crap, I remember all these yeah. times, dude. And that was just like that typical like nighttime jam yes. sesh, like let's fucking do it. Super small, like six, six, six of us at the most maybe, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like so crazy, man. Yeah, so wild. And then what was, uh, what was so cool was that like uh, we were all training on Team Velocity, doing our thing. And then eventually you and Ryan uh, got asked to be members of Team Tempest, which was so, so dope to see, like, as friends of yours, to be like, holy crap, like, these guys, like, made it to the team that we kind of, like, were all, like, chasing and training alongside, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was actually thinking about that on the way over here, and I think about that a lot, just on and off. I'm like, I would never change anything, never trade anything for totally. joining Tempest, but then I look back on it, too, at times, and I'm like, you know, we all kind of started drifting apart then. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, man, like, part of me wishes that didn't happen, and then we would have stayed, like, tighter of course yeah but then we all kind of went our way and did our thing wouldn't be where we are without that too it's all part of the journey you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah it's so surreal you guys were literally some of the first original uh like besides the original four you ryan and lucy are like the first three on the team that they it, brought it was on. it was no soul Levi, ryan and roscoe yeah ryan lucy and myself wow we were that like second generation the f yeah the second generation and of the uh, team. uh God, what was his name was it lucas remember lucas Holy crap. Kid. Yeah, little tiny Lucas. What happened to Lucas? You know, like years ago, I started going to Tempest just to kind of train on my own. Yeah. And I was running into him as an adult. Is he tall? He's about average. Okay, okay. That's and crazy. He just decided to like start training again. And he was, I mean, he was probably like 18 or 19. Because I, I remember back at White Lotus, the original, and that's when Corbin Reinhardt discovered flipping. Mm -hmm. And now Corbin's like a member of the pro team. It's like yeah. so crazy to think about. Like, yeah, yeah. That's wild, man. And so, like, one thing I always remember back in the days was, uh, I mean, it even plays into, I guess, your name on Tempest. So whenever you join Tempest, you get a nickname. And uh, <laughs> I'll let you explain the nickname of OJ. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it, was, it was soon after we joined, and it was like, okay, you guys have nicknames, and everyone was trying to figure it out. And I've got hyperhidrosis. Which, for those that don't know, means your hands sweat. Yeah, it's, yeah. you have, like, too many sweat glands. Yeah or too many nerves for your sweat glands. And so my hands just like uncontrollably sweat. Yes. So it was just, I'd slip a lot on stuff. So I started wearing those like football gloves with the grip. Yep. And it, it helped a lot. And so then just one day, I think it was Gabe. Probably. Was just like, OJ, because of the gloves. Because of the gloves. That's like, oh, great. <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> That's it. OJ's the day. So, so funny, man. That's, uh, there's two things I'll always remember for you, uh, of you back in the days, which is the gloves, always wearing the gloves, and your obsession with planches. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that obsession stem from? Like, I don't know. I, I, I started strength training before I moved to L.A. Okay. I, I kind of think the start of it was, uh, oh, what movie was it? It was one of those Jet Li movies, one of the Chinese ones. Oh, okay. And he's... He's just like training. What's the Bruce Lee one that he did? It was like the kind of remake of the Bruce Lee. Oh, I don't remember the title. Um, damn. 
People are going to kill me in the comments for not knowing, too. They, like, expect me to know all the martial <laughs> yeah, arts oh, movies. I the name of it Damn. But, but he does a training montage in it. Yeah, so yeah. there's, like, this training montage, yeah. and he's doing one-arm pull-ups. Yes. And he does, like, six of them. And back then, he was obviously on a wire. Yeah, yeah. But I thought he, like, did it for real. And I never thought one-arm pull-up was, like, possible. And I had a friend who could do one-arm pull-ups. He could do one. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a possible? possible. And then I just got obsessed with strength training and... Got to where I could do one-arm pull-ups and planches. And, and mostly body weight training, right? Or did you lift yeah. also? Before that, I was lifting. So, like, in college, I would lift weights. Okay. Oh, this must have been in college when that happened. And then I found that training in college. Crazy. And then I, like, I started transition. I was doing both. and like, messed my shoulder up pretty bad because uh, I was just training too hard. Yeah, yeah. And then I dropped the weightlifting and went straight to only the, the body weight stuff. And I was, it was a gnarly time for me. I loved it, but... My, my schedule was I, was, I was technically in college, but I was not going to college. Okay. And I would, I'd wake up at like five in the morning, I think, and go to this bagel shop I was working at. Okay. I'd work till like 10, come home. I'd sleep for like a couple hours, wake up, go do some kind of strength training for two or three hours. Okay. Come home, go back to sleep for like an hour or so, wake yeah. up, go to the gym, flip around for like four, five, six hours. No way. Go to bed, do it again. That's all I did for like a Just year. training, training, training. Yeah. Holy crap. And did you have at that point any other previous acrobatic experience or was that like your first exposure around that time? Um, I, I was already into acrobatics and flipping. That actually started from, uh, gosh, I don't know where to go. When I was a kid, I did like a little bit of rec gymnastics and okay. did like back handspring. It was never actually any that, that good. Not like team level though, just no, like no, recreational. No. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. And then uh, in high school... I had this one friend who was, uh, who's, I'm still friends with, he was a year below me, who was into martial arts. Okay. And he wanted to like get into flipping and I wanted to get into martial arts. And we started training together and of course. found out about tricking and started learning 540s and double legs and all that stuff. Crazy. And then I moved on to the flipping aspect of it and became what I called like a backyard tumbler. Yeah, totally. And I got obsessed with that and met some other people that did kind of the same thing I did. Damn. Got super obsessed with it and then that's the point of I said, where I found strength training and all that. Okay. Was training you know, all day, every day. Did that for probably two, two and a half years. It's crazy to think that you're self-taught because, like, you got up to the point where, like, I'll rem- I remember when you did the uh, round-off dub back at Santa Monica. Yeah. Like, on the rubber floor outside. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you're just completely self-taught on a lot of these skills. Yeah. Crazy, man. It's so wild. It's so wild to think about, like, how before you start working – uh, generally speaking, I find on like doing these jam casts, it's like most people that are successful now had a point in their life where they just obsessed over mm-hmm. movement and training uh, and is all self-motivated. Yeah. And I feel like that's the key between a lot of very successful people in their careers now is that they had to hit this point where they were fully motivated without money being there. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, I feel like there's a lot of people where like they get jobs offered to them and so they get money like in their eyes right away and they may be trained for the wrong reasons or they don't even put in the time training because they're already pursuing the money game um and a lot of us just put in so many hours you know? yeah i was actually talking to somebody about that the other day and i like for me i never like drilled like i just did what i wanted to do and i yeah. loved every second of it and i mean we literally trained for five six hours just non-stop doing flips yes and I see people drill. And not, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Totally. But it's like, they're not necessarily doing it because they love it. They're doing it because they're like, oh, I feel like I need to do this. I need the reps, yeah. 
And, and like I, I've been in points in my life where I've done that and I hated it. Yeah. I, I like lost my passion for parkour and all that because I was like doing something because I thought I had to. Totally. Versus back in the day, like we're talking about, I didn't care about anything. All I cared about was that I just wanted to do stuff. I wanted to get as strong as I could. I wanted to flip as much as I could. It didn't really matter what I was doing. Totally. I just wanted to do. Crazy. Yeah, it's so, so surreal to see. And obviously you make the, what made you make the move to California? Was it because you felt your skills were at a point where you could make a living off it? Or what was the enticement? Yeah, well, like I was, that I was in college enrolled, but not actually going to college. Okay. And I just kind of had this like point where I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I'm not going to college right now. I'm in love with this stuff. I don't know what this is, but yeah. can I do something with this? So then I started looking into it and I started finding some uh, stunt reels of people. Like one of them was Ruben Langdon. Wow. I found his stunt reel. Crazy. Uh, somebody else. And then uh, like Sam Hargrave, I found yes. his. And then, so that was one option. And then I found out about a Cirque. And I was oh. like, oh, okay, that's an option of something to do. So I had two options. And then the other one was, I heard at Hawaii State College, you could uh, get a full ride if you could join the cheerleading squad. And you had to be able oh. to like, I want to say what I heard was like, if you could run off handspring, full and a half and tumble through. Yeah. then that was like a good enough pass to get on the team and get a full ride. Crazy. Like, I could restart my college career, but do it in Hawaii. Yeah. Or I could go to Cirque. And I felt like that would be kind of limiting. Like I would just have to do what they said to do, but I couldn't do whatever I wanted. Totally. Or stunts. And I was like, you know what? Stunts sounds awesome. Like I see these reels and I can do what they're doing. That's what I do anyways. So I decided to just pack up and move to LA. Did you know anyone out here? Um, so there was this one guy I trained with. So I, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. Yeah. He lived in Columbus and somehow one of my friends knew him. And okay. we would go up to Columbus every so often and do like training sessions with him. His name was Randy. Okay. I forget his last name. He knew Thayer Harris. Wow. Who's now a member of 8711. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he, once I like decided to do that, he connected me with Thayer. And I, this is going to date me. I AOL instant messengered Thayer. Holy crap, dude. People don't even know what AIM is yeah, anymore. No. <laughs> you know, if you didn't have an AIM handle, like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. pretty young. So I talked with him just a little bit and just like asked him like, hey, like, is this something you can actually make a career out of? And he had just recently moved to LA. He okay. was super tight with Sam Hargrave. Hargrave, yep, yeah. Um, there had just done like some non-union Burger King commercial and sent me what it was. And okay. he was like some ninja who gets punched into a backflip and crashes. Nice. And I think he said he made like 800 bucks for the day. I was like, oh my God, that's so much money. Like, yeah. okay, so you can make a career off this. So I, I talked to him a few times. And then just moved to L.A. I think when I, one of the day I got here, I met up with him over at uh, Valley College. Crazy. And he was just like, this is Valley College. This is where you should come and train. There's people. Have fun. No way. Crazy, man. What a wild story. And so, like, when you first moved out here, how long did it take before you got your first job? Or do you remember what that first job was? Like, just job period? Yeah, I guess job period and then like TV or film type job. Yeah, my first job period would have been with Noel Vega. Okay, and I think it was pre Deadliest Warrior. Oh wow! It was because there was like a few little things that we did before he got Deadliest Warrior. Okay, it might have been. God, we we did this. It was like myself, Ryan Houchin, Solomon. I think Solomon Brendy was there. Okay, and Mike. 
and it was this called Platinum Illusions. I, f- I remember that name for some reason. Yeah, and it was Wayne Brady. He had just done, he had just done that like Chappelle thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty recently, totally. And he didn't want to like. He wanted to be a serious like actor. Okay. So he decided to like produce his own action movie, with his ex-wife. Yes. Mandy. Mandy. Yes. And so I think she connected everybody, and then we all did like stunts for the movie. And I think that was my first job. Crazy! Holy crap! That's so wild. And so, do you remember <laughs> how much you got paid for that? Was it like Deadliest Warrior pay? Oh, it was Noel pay. <laughs> 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 so yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, I mean. Props to him. I, I wouldn't have survived out here if it yeah. wasn't for those little things. For real. And, and I guess the question is, is having seen Thayer present to you, you can make $800 a day to then booking jobs, you're probably making like 200 a day. Did you get deterred at all in the beginning or were you just like under the impression that like eventually it'll, it'll happen? Like that was, I don't think that was a thought in my mind because I was yeah. still just so obsessed with training and all that. Okay. And it was just like, I get to do what I do all day, every day and I'm getting paid something for it. Sweet. Cool. It could have been 50 bucks. I would have been like, yeah, 50 bucks. All right. Let me go do stuff. Getting paid for it. Okay. That's crazy. And then obviously we talked about the deadliest water stages. We all started like working and stuff. You got on Team Tempest. But um, obviously you, you got uh, like a bunch of other titles under your belt. But I would say like one of the bigger breaks is the first Spider-Man movie that you got to double on. Um, what was it? Was that 2010? or? A l- yeah, I believe it was 2010. And which one was that? Do you remember, like, for those out there as, like, a frame of reference and who you were doubling on that one? Uh, it was the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Double on Andrew Garfield. Yes. Crazy. And how did you get the call for that? And how did that, that change your life, story. I guess, for lack of a better term? So I, I had only done a few, like, SAG jobs since yeah. then. Like, the, the first SAG job I ever did was uh, the unit for Troy Brown. Oh, yeah, TV show. Victor Lopez got me yes. on there. I worked a few days. I think I worked a few days on Cold Case and like okay. a few days on Heroes. And that was all the SAG work I'd ever done. And uh, so Ilram Choi put me forward. Okay. But I didn't know what it was for. And so oh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to like get it all straight in my head. He, like I got a call to come in to just talk to these people about this like Spider-Man thing, but I didn't think it was the movie. Okay. And so I show up, and it was myself, Mark Wagner, uh, William Spencer was supposed to be there, but for some reason he wasn't, and maybe somebody else. Okay. And Vic Armstrong was there, who I didn't know at the time. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Mark Webb was there, who I didn't know who he was. And they're just, just talking and like looking at our body types, and uh, I, I didn't really think anything of it. Did you actually have to do any skills or no? I don't think so. They just mainly looked at our body types and then just something, I got this like intuition popped in my head. I just put a free running reel together recently. Yeah. And we were like, we were leaving and I turned around and I was just like, hey, I have this free running reel. Like, do you want to see it? And they're like, oh, sure. So I go and I show them my free running reel and they're like, oh, fucking cool. All right, great. Leave, think nothing of it. And then I'm at this t-shirt shop getting Tempest shirts printed up. Okay. And I get this phone call. And they're like, like, hey, it's David. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just want to tell you uh, you got booked for, the, for Spider-Man. I was like, oh, cool. So it's like a little commercial or something? They're like, no, 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 it's the movie. I'm like, oh, cool, like some promo thing for the movie or something? Like, what are we doing? They're like, no, 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 no. We want you to be the stunt double for Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, what? <laughs> okay. 
and I hang up and I like go back into the t-shirt guy and I'm just like dumbfounded and I'm like I am gonna be Spider-Man <laughs> huh. holy crap dude <laughs> holy crap and how long did you have to between that phone call and preparation or was it like a quick you're on the go instantly it was a long time so it was months until we were gonna film and uh yeah, so they, they, they didn't have an actor yet. They casted the stunt guy first. Just for the suit. Because they wanted to build the suit, yeah. and they knew from the previous ones how stunt intensive it was. Yeah. So they needed me to come in for like a handful of fittings for that sort of thing. Crazy. And so I got called by Brad Martin to go film that Taylor Lott mo- movie. Uh, I forget the name of it. I know which one you're talking the about. The one that Gabe ended up doing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And he was going to, I was like, going to go and everything. And I was just like, hey, let me just go tell Spider-Man. Like, it'll, it'll line up perfect. We'll, we'll film this whole movie, yeah. it'll end, and then we'll start on Spider-Man. And I told them, and they're like, no. You have to be here for these fittings. And it would have it conflicted with dates that I needed to do stuff on Brad's show. Yeah. And I was like, can they move the fittings? They're like, nope, absolutely not. You have to be here. So I had to turn Brad down, but then Andy Armstrong, who was the coordinator in Spider-Man, was awesome and able to tell them, like, you can't do that. So if you're going to do that, you have to pay him. You got to carry him. Wow. So they carried me for, I think it was like two months. Just getting paid to stay for the fittings. Yeah. Wow. Epic. Yeah. Especially in a time like that when we were just not making a lot of money back then. So I, I had maxed out all my credit cards and was at the point of like, I need to figure something out or I might have to leave LA. <sighs> and it was like a super borderline and then I booked that. And I went from maxed out credit cards, eating out of the dollar store, you know, paying two fifty a month for your rent to paid everything off. Yes. And it was just like set. Life changing pretty much. Yeah. Crazy. And on that first run, how long were you out there for? And and what was I guess what was the most like challenging thing or what was the most fun thing about being Spider Man? Because it's such an iconic role. It's like it's a lot of, in my opinion, it'd be like a lot of pressure in some ways, like, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, what did you just ask? I just want to know, like, what was, like, what was the most, like, cha- was there a part that was, like, the most challenging or most fun about getting to finally be Spider-Man? Like- the, the suit is challenging. Okay. Um, I've done a ton of it now, so I'm very used to it. Yeah. It's very limiting on your vision. Oh, really? Okay. So it's, it's these, like, small eyes, but they sit out because you, you have this face mask underneath the suit that gives shape to it. Oh, and if really? if you don't wear that, you look like a bank robber. Your nose just kind of sticks out and your ears stick out. Okay. So there's this like shape giving mask. Oh, crazy. And so because of that, it sits like here. And then you've got small, small eyes as well. So you can't see down and your yeah. depth perception is really off. Wow. So like one of the things that I figured out to do was once I got in the suit, if I had to do stuff, I would, I would touch something. So I would hold like a bottle here and I'd go to touch it and I'd miss it. And I would just do that until I could dial it in. I'd be like, okay. Cool. I got my depth dialed in in the now suit. Now you're adapting, now. yeah. Holy that, crap. That was challenging, and then it was also very restricting on your breath. Yeah. So if you're doing a lot of stuff, it gets hard. To, you're just sucking in your carbon dioxide. Yeah. But that, too, I built up, like, a pretty good CO2 tolerance from being in the suit a bunch. So that was, like, the beginning challenges. And did you have to, like, study the poses? Did they put you through, like, a training lesson on it? We did some of that. Okay. Um, Andrew came in and we did some just like figuring out poses and how to move and all that. But, uh, yeah. Crazy. Is there a gag that stands out in your mind as like your most memorable? From that one, 
Yes, there was a, it was a sequence. Okay. It was, um, it was a car thief sequence played by Keith Campbell. Oh, sick. He's playing the Keith car Campbell. thief. Yeah. It's a really funny story with that too. But uh, so he's, he's stealing a car and then uh, Spidey shows up in the back seat, which is Andrew. Yeah. Scares him. He gets out of the car. And then I take over and I do this dash fault across the hood of the car. Okay. And I hook him around his neck and do like a Lucho Libre yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Chuck him, land in a Spidey pose, all this other stuff. And then the sequence continues where cops show up and are holding a gun at Spidey. And so then I run and I uh, step off an apple box, which obviously they cut out. And I do a side flip over him and take his gun and then land, chuck it. And then it starts this whole chase scene. Okay. So then the chase scene goes, and we're over by the Disney building okay. in town. And so I have to run and weave through traffic, going in both directions, with a camera car chasing me. And then there's a pickup truck that's going down one lane that I, I bank and dive and catch it. Yeah. And then sketch on the ground. And we're right next to a semi-truck. So I have to, like, catch it. I slide towards the semi-truck and make sure I don't die into the semi-truck. For real. Then I kick up, put my foot on the, on the bumper, do a front handspring into the bed of the truck. Sick. And then jump up onto the roof. And that was like all one thing. And then we, uh, we put Velcro. We put industrial Velcro okay. on the semi-truck and industrial Velcro on my hands and feet. And then we had a wire from me to the, the semi-truck. Okay. And so now we're both driving. And uh, I jump across, this big old spidey jump, <laughs> stick to the truck. Land onto it. And then <laughs> climb up the semi-truck, get to the top. And then it takes over with Ilram jumping off and doing this big swing. And then it goes to us in New York doing swings under this bridge. Yes. That was super fun, too. So insane. Did you ever sustain any injuries? Uh, like over the ooh. course of all the movies? or Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't too bad that one I sprained my wrist really bad okay. once I thought I broke it went okay. to the hospital but I just sprained it really bad Okay, and I got a pretty good concussion in rehearsals on that one too alright that's the worst of that Okay, for the most part and then I know what's unique about your story is that you've had the chance to double three Spideys mm-hmm. so then you got to double Tom Holland what movie was that that you first got to double him on so I first did it on Homecoming Okay, sick. Yeah, yeah. Hell yes. And how'd you get the call for that? Was it just a natural transition because you'd been Spidey before? Or? Um, yeah, that, that was definitely part of it. So George Cottle was the stunt coordinator, and I'd met him a couple times. Actually, my wife, Marie, who's a stunt woman. Yes. Who, who you've worked with. She even used to take martial arts to my mom. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. actually, I, that's where I first, first met her. Crazy. I think. Well, kind of first. first Technically, right? Yeah. At White Lotus, probably. Is that a barbecue? But I think, but I think she was already taking those classes, I and I'd so. like seen her. Crazy. But um, so she knew George, and I'd met him through her a couple times. And then Bryson Counts was the assistant yes. coordinator. Yeah. And Bryson had done coordin- like coordinating on Teen Wolf. Yes, we I we all worked on seasons. Teen Wolf for a while too. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so I knew him really well from that, and so Bryson put me forward for it, and was like, "Hey, he's doubled Spidey before, and I worked with him." So then I ended up booking it through that. So sick. So sick. And then what's super surreal is that you then get to double Toby on a most recent one, which is crazy because technically speaking, you probably would have never had the chance to double him because he predated Andrew Garfield. Yeah. 
And so how did that work out, I guess? I never thought I'd get that chance. And I was happy with the two. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I double Tom, I doubled him on Avengers. Yes. And then uh, this one came up. And I was going to work on it because I've been working with George Cottle for a few movies now. Okay. So he's like, hey, I want you to come work on this movie for me. We didn't really know the aspect yet. And then there was possibly doubling Andrew. And then I think the story kept changing, like the storyline of the movie kept mm-hmm. changing. So I don't know if it was always going to be all three, but I'm not, I'm not sure on those yeah. details. But then Toby was for sure going to be in it. And I think Chris Daniels was the one, Chris Daniels who doubled Toby back in the originals. Way back in the day, yeah. yeah I, I knew him really well, and he's like, I think they were trying to think of a double for Toby, and he's like, just have David do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, great, perfect. And they told me, and they're like, hey, do you want to double Toby? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have taken that over doubling Tom. Really? Wow. I mean, if they gave you the choice, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be hard, but, you know, Luke and, uh, oh, my God. Greg? gonna kill me yeah great Greg, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they started doubling him on yeah. far from home when they went to the uk yeah totally they're insane so they were obviously gonna double him but if for some reason they weren't yes man i mean it'd be great to do all that because tom did most of the stuff totally just to get the chance to double toby and have done all three all three yeah especially like the original og one yeah. we watched you know like, yeah that's so so dope and so like obviously like getting the chance to uh to double all three is is super cool um, I heard I don't know and that's why I'm bringing this up I don't know which one it's on but I heard there was a story something happened with like is it an air ram or a mini tramp you know what I'm talking about <laughs> accident yes yeah <laughs> uh, you don't have to tell me like which one it was on so people don't look up th- who coordinated but I heard there was something where, like, it malfunctioned or something on, like, a jump where you had, like, a crazy yeah. balcony jump or something, right? Well, so we were doing this rooftop chase scene. Okay. And I was doing an Aram dive roll from one rooftop to the other. Yes. So, thank God, it was on stages. Okay. And so they built these two buildings. One was, I'm probably going to exaggerate the numbers now. When I remember, one was 14 feet, and I was doing the Aram down to, like, 9 feet. Okay. And then it was this big gap. It was, like... I think the air ramp was a good 20, 20 something feet across. Holy crap. From, from the air ramp to my landing. Totally. Um, so we rehearsed it. We had it dialed. I was going across to mats. We had boxes filled in the hole. And then we were all good and everything, set to film it. So we're like, okay, let's pull the boxes out. And so it's just the concrete stage floor. Yeah. And for some reason or another, the hose blew off the air ramp when I hit it. So you didn't get the pressure of the so air ram. So it didn't fire. So you know how you hit <coughs> air ram, how you like load? Yeah. So I felt that load of me loading the air ram. So I thought so it. So you went ready to get light to trust it. Yeah. And I thought it fired for a second, but then nothing else was there. And I just jumped head first into the, into the hole, the gap. No way. And so I, uh, I made it across and I hit the other building upside down. And my legs wrapped the roof and then just dropped me straight down. And uh, actually, I have the video of it somewhere. The How far did you fall? So did I you, fell like nine feet did down. Did you hit the concrete? Or? Oh, yeah. No so, way. So I have the video of it. And there's one frame where my head's And I'm about to just break my neck on the wall. Yeah. And then I just go. You just tuck. I huck everything down, hit the wall. And then same thing. I'm just head spiking straight down. About to just 
head spike onto the concrete. And then again, I just somehow balled up and landed on my shoulders and just collapsed. And I, I was, I'm on the ground and I'm sitting there thinking, I think I'm okay. And then I was like, oh, I think I'm okay. That's probably not good. I better not move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just laid still. And uh, in the video I have, so I remember Alex Chansky was chasing me. I think maybe Rob Mars. Okay. There's a few guys chasing me, and Alex just yells, call an ambulance, get an ambulance here now. Everybody's freaked out. Everybody runs in, and I'm not moving, so they're even more yeah, freaked out. Yeah, you're just freezing, yeah. So everybody comes in, and I just like slowly get up. And I'm like, okay, okay, I, I actually think I am okay. And so now people are starting to like freak out, and, and I'm like, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's fine. And they're starting to crowd. Yeah, yeah. Vic Armstrong's there. And he was like, okay, everybody, like, he's fine. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And cleared everybody out. Made sure I was cool. And, I, and I, you were okay. I bruised my big toe. I think Just from was, hitting the ground. Yeah. But that's it. Something, that's all that happened. Holy crap, dude. That could have been disastrous. Oh, yeah. Like, so disastrous in so many ways. It was gnarly. Did you have to get up and do it again? So they asked me, they were like, totally cool, but will you do it again? I was like, yeah, I'll do it again. And then check like, the ARAM. That's what I'd like. And they're like, do you want to do it now or do you want to do it tomorrow? And I guess I'm just, I think I'm different than most. I think most people would want to do it now. Yeah. I wanted to do it the next day. Oh, and I okay. said tomorrow. And my thought was just like, if I do it now, I think I'm going to be pretty nervous and freaked Probably out. In your head about what just happened. Yeah. But if I do it tomorrow, I can just make myself forget about this. I can just calm down. Forget about it. Give myself time to gain confidence back in myself. Holy crap. So I went back in, set it up. I was definitely nervous on the first one, but did it. I think they like, I think they like glued the, the hose yeah. and they made sure it wasn't going anywhere. I haven't heard of that happening very often at all. Like, yeah. it, it was a quick connect. Okay. And I just, I don't think it did that final click yeah, is what yeah. happened. Just popped it was off. Just a, a mistake. I think everybody's made that mistake. It just happened to be in the worst place for that mistake. Holy crap, dude. I did it, and it went fine, and didn't crash again. <laughs> Insane. It. Holy crap. Uh, I guess, like, of all the things that's happened, like, that's probably one of the most memorable moments for sure, I guess, right? Um, of, like, an accident, yeah. Yeah. That is so wild. Did you sustain any other major injuries over the course of the 10 years on all these movies doubling him, or um, relatively okay, just, like, normal wear and tear? I, I thought I separated my shoulder once, but I didn't. I just... Messed it up pretty good. Crazy. Um, yeah, Spidey-wise, I've made it pretty well. I've hurt myself, but it hasn't been anything, like, debilitating. That's cool. Not that I can think of. So wild. And so on some of these shows, I guess, like, one question people may ask is, like, um, they've heard of other guys being, like, stunt doubles for Spider-Man also. So are there multiple of you guys out there? Or, like, how does that work, I guess? Yeah, so on, on Amazing, it was myself and Ilram, okay. and then uh, William Spencer came in. Yes. And then on Homecoming, it was myself, Holland Diaz, and Chris Silcox. Oh, no way, yeah, okay. And then Far From Home was, was Luke and uh, Greg. Okay. I think it was just those two. Um, I got to do a little bit of reshoots on it, which was cool. Sick. I was like, eh, I still got a little bit of that one under yeah. my belt. Um, and then No Way Home, it was just me for Toby, just William for Andrew. And then uh, Luke and Greg for Tom. How do they determine who does what when you're on these like shows where there's three of you? It it actually kind of changed. So on Amazing Spider-Man, I was there as like 
the parkour guy. Okay. So all that sort of stuff was me. Elrond was the wire fight guy. Yeah. All that stuff was him. And, and William was the skateboard guy. Yeah. So all that stuff was him. And then we pretty much did that. Like, like I did do some wire stuff and I did do some fight stuff. And Elrond, I think, did some, some flippy and parkour stuff. But for the most part, it, it stayed to those. Okay. And then on Homecoming, uh, Holland was on first unit. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. I was on second unit. Got it. And then Chris was like the backup to nice. us. And so there wasn't like skill. Like we, we had the same skill set. Totally. Okay. So it was just kind of that. Crazy, man. And so like over the course of your career, you've gotten to do multiple movies almost spanning a decade. Um, are you, is there any other thing that you wish that you would have gotten to do as Spidey? Or did you like fulfill all of your dreams, I guess, getting to play that role? You know? Mostly filled my dreams. There's... I got to do probably the funnest thing I'll ever do in my life. Which is? It was this helicopter gag. We did it as a rehearsal. Not even in the actual film? We never filmed it. Okay. So there was two stages of it. The first stage was they put me on the skid of a helicopter okay. and a girl. And I was like swinging her around. And so they filmed out of the helicopter, had her arm up, kind of were swinging. Okay. And the helicopter just went. Crazy. It was super fun thing was the next step of that was we hung a line 50 feet from underneath a helicopter and hooked the two of us up the helicopter went up and started doing this to get us to swing and then i'm also tapping the swings no so way. we're just doing these massive swings like 400 feet in the air off a helicopter to the point where i'm staring at the the pilot as i'm peeking out my tap no way I'm tapping it in funnest thing probably the most dangerous thing i could ever do i was gonna say insanely fun and from that, this would be stupidly dangerous, but I always thought it'd be so cool to get the best helicopter pilot you could possibly find, the most perfect windless day that there ever was, Yeah. go downtown, do just, just, just Spidey hanging, do the same swing with a helicopter to yeah. the point where you can start running off buildings. No way, that would be crazy. It'd be like a mix, because we, we did something like that on Amazing Spider-Man where I like ran off the side of a semi-truck and yeah. stuff like that with this like whole fire truck crazy swingy setup thing we had. Crazy. But if you could do that with like the helicopter setup it would just be you, you can't do the big Spider-Man swings for real. Yeah, yeah. Like we've a done, lot of them are animated. Yeah, we've yeah. done pieces of them on, on Amazing Spider-Man. We did do really cool actual real swings but for the big ones it's so big you just you have to CG it. Yeah, totally. Unless you did something like the helicopter thing. Crazy. So that would be the only, like, pie-in-the-sky thing. Wish you could have done, yeah. But otherwise, man, I got to do it all, and it's been awesome. And here's the thing is, like, this is not to down-talk on anyone and, and what they do, but um, in stunts, most times, generally speaking, the stuff that you get to do in features sometimes is a lot more difficult than the stuff you get to do in television, mostly because you have the prep time, the budgets, and the ability to schedule, you know, instead of TV shooting in five to ten days, you're on a movie for months and you even have reshoots a lot of times. Um, with that being said, the gags sometimes tend to be insanely gnarlier. Like the times that I've all got, I've gotten injured and gone to the hospital, most times with the exception of Deli Sawyer, we're all on features. Um, do you ever get nervous before big gags? Oh yeah. And if so, like how do you overcome it? Or is it at this point, is it just something that's just so standard and there's always a little bit of fear? I, I don't think I've ever done a single gag, even the simplest one, without having some sort of nerves about it. 
which they say is safe to have. Cause they say when you're like cocky and you don't have a fear is when someone's going to go wrong. And I super agree with that. And, uh, you know, one thing, like when I teach Banzai's uh, stunt school, yes. when I teach the parkour section of that. One thing I teach them about is a healthy fear versus an unhealthy fear. And I think we should all have healthy fear. And so I, I'm always nervous, but a healthy nervous. And so to overcome it, I know I'm capable. So if it was something that I didn't know I was capable of, I'd probably have some reserves to it. Yeah. And like, like the way I'll teach them is like if you're up high doing like a precision, if you can do that precision, you know you're capable of it. If you're scared of it because it's up high, that's fine. Like it's a healthy fear. Yeah. If you think maybe you can do that precision and that's why you're afraid of it, then probably not good. Probably shouldn't do it. 100%. That's super, super wild to think about. And I just think of some of the gags you guys have done, which are pretty crazy from like an outsider perspective and stuff like that. So to hear that you haven't got injured seriously is pretty, yeah. pretty cool. It's a credit to the stunt coordinators, but also to yourself and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just wild to me because a lot of times we see these finished products and movies, especially the superhero movies. And sometimes you just kind of forget that like there is a human that's actually doing a lot of this stuff. You know, yeah. uh, you forget that there's someone in that suit that maybe there's some camera tricks and some speed ramping or there's some CG that's added to elements of it. But at the end of the day, like someone's life was on the line just to create these few minutes of like enjoyment and excitement for audiences, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest versions of that is car hits. Yeah. Like bro. it's so easy not to realize, like you just see someone get hit by a car in a movie and just you're like, Oh, that's funny. And it's like, there's no other way you do that. You just hit somebody with a car. Yeah. Like that. I mean, Nowadays, like, they do cut it up sometimes, which I think is a way better way to do it. Totally. Sometimes they do wire gags and yeah. plate shots, but... But, like, up until pretty recently, yeah. if you, somebody gets hit by a car in a movie, somebody got hit by a car. And, <laughs> totally. and the, like, messed upness of what it looked like happened to them actually happened to a person. <laughs> and they usually don't show you the aftermath. Like, yeah, I yeah. had Lucy Romberg on here who got yeah. destroyed on her car hit, doubling Melissa. And the suit um, couldn't control yeah, it split her head wide open like yeah, yeah it's a, it's insane like you said like it's one of the few jobs where you could go to work driving your own car and it's not guaranteed that you're gonna drive home in your own car like it's definitely one of the reasons why i tell people like we do get paid a significant amount of money but at the same time like the risk factor is there and you can't ever like lose sight of the fact that it is a dangerous job or take for granted that you're always going to walk away like yeah. Um, we've lost, you know, we've lost friends in this business. Yeah. I don't know a lot of other friends of mine that have lost friends in their careers just because they went to a day of work, you know? So yeah. It's, it's pretty yeah. surreal to think about, you know? Yeah. And it's also a toll on your body too. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how are you feeling after all these years of heavy tumbling, parkour and free running, doubling Spider-Man for 10 years? I wish I felt better. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to ask, because here's the other thing. We're also uh, hitting a significant age right now. Where, yeah, we're, we're both, like, older. We're not old, but we're older right now. Oh, I, f I feel it, man. I, I think a year ago, a little more than a year ago, I, I had a disc replaced in my neck. No way, just because or uh, wear and tear? I just, one herniated just from wear and tear, and it popped so bad that it was pinching a nerve, and oh, my arm started going to atrophy, and it was just one of those painful things. Wow. I, just, I had to get it replaced, and it's awesome that they could do that, but... yeah. My body's feeling it. I feel that. I, my knees have actually still done really well. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. my ankles are toasted, fried. And <laughs> my spine's starting to get pretty, pretty bad. Wow. Uh, and with that being said, like comparative to how much you obsessed over training in the beginning of your career, predating your career, uh, 
do you get to train now or are you suffering the curse of the stuntman where you're working so much you don't get to train? It's a, it's a very on and off thing. Um, <laughs> actually, like, like a couple of weeks ago, I'm working with uh, Colin Fallenwater. Yes. And he did a backflip and I hadn't done one in a long time. I was like, Ooh. dude, I haven't done a backflip in years. I can't <laughs> even tell you last time I did a backflip, bro. Talking calendar years. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I haven't done a backflip in a long time. So I did one and I think it was like the lowest backflip I've ever done in my life. I was just like, not good so then i just came in every single day before work and i was just flipping around for like 30 45 minutes just to get it back and it's still there yeah which is great it just hurts a lot more to do it yeah. <laughs> but so I, I do that a lot i'll like get into this like phase of like oh, i want to i want to train again and i'll start flipping around and then either i'll tweak something and have to stop for a while or i'll just get too busy with work yeah i'll be able to same with the strength training like man i i hadn't done strength training in a long time because right. i was trying to stay small and then it just didn't matter anymore. So I got back to strength training. I got my one arm pull ups back. I got yeah. planches back. And then I did this. Damn. I had to stop. And then I came back to it and I went from, I got degraded to doing push ups on my knees to I was doing almost full planches. I didn't even straddle. I was wow. like really close to full planches. I got one arm pull ups back again. Yes. And then I had a flare up with this. Damn. I had to stop. And I've just been like on and off and on it's and the off. It's the waves. And on and off. I totally feel you on that. I'll, I, for me, like fortunately for you, like mine was the last three years has been just like, I'll get injured. I'll get into PT. I'll come back feeling stronger than ever. I go a little bit too hard and I get injured again. Yep. And then I'm back to PT. And then the cycle is just this vicious cycle for the last three years where it's just like, it's one thing or the other. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's trying to find that like pushing, but not pushing too hard to where you hurt yourself. Yeah. I, I talked to someone else about this, and I don't know if you'll echo my opinion, but I'm uh, as I get uh, older, I become very much aware of the fact that there may be a day where my body's not going to respond to what I tell it to do, and it's like a super scary feeling. Like flipping hasn't defined me, but it's been such a huge part of my life forever. Like I was just at a family reunion this weekend. Like um, yeah. when I was there, all the kids were like, "Do a flip, do a flip," and I was like, "Shit." <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have been like, all the kids lay down. Let me flip over all of you. I was sitting there like, what flip can I do right now? Not get injured because I'm not warm <laughs> enough. You know, I'm sitting there like, what can I do? That's super easy where I'm not going to hurt myself and not embarrass myself. And uh, yeah, it's just super surreal to think about like, man, the sands of the hourglass may be on the other side right now, comparative to where we were 14 years ago, team velocity days. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's almost like this This work has been such a blessing for all of us. We've made more money than I ever imagined we could have. Like, we're at great stages in our life in a lot of ways. But, like, I definitely don't train like we used to train. And uh, it's pretty sad to think about sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it pops in and out of my head and gets me a little teary a lot of times. Because yeah. I just think back on those days and how much I love those days and just training all the time and having fun and all that. And, I mean... I don't know about you, but I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again. Yeah. Life was way simpler back then. Yeah, Even though we didn't have money, for some reason it was simpler. It, it was, was just like wake up, train, eat, train, go to sleep. And then like yeah. occasionally you work here and there. And yeah. now it's like we go on these crazy movie runs. We do all these, but like responsibilities have increased. Yep. You've got mortgages now. Yep. Like, like you have a wife now. Yep. It's like, man, so much has changed over the years. It's just this natural progression of life. Like surreal to sit back and think about. You know? Yeah. But I guess you got to learn to adapt not lose yourself yeah but adapt 100 percent, man 100 percent. and so like obviously at, at this stage um 
what are the goals now? Like, I know you're, um, you're currently working on another show in town. Um, seems like work doesn't seem to be stopping at any time. Do you foresee yourself always being a performer? Do you want to delve into coordinating? Like, there's like a split. Some people never want to coordinate. Some people do. Like, where are you at personally? Coordinating-wise, I'm really not sure. But uh, I've been doing rigging lately. Oh, no way. So I started on Red Notice okay. with, with George. Yeah. Um, and he brought me into rig, and I pretty much strictly rigged on that show. I did a little bit of a spot, but Sick. just rigged. And then uh, I learned a lot. And I went on to Spider-Man from there, where okay. I got to do both. And that was kind of my dream world of performing, but also rigging. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm on a Star Wars TV show. Okay. Again, just as a straight rigger. Like, no they're going to throw me in in a couple spots here and there yeah, to, but to get rigging. a camera, but just straight rigging. Dude, you're falling in the steps of Chris Daniels. I know. From Spidey to rigger. I know. Crazy. And I, I like it. My mind works that way. I was going to ask you. It so like, lends itself to that stuff. It's not for, rigging is definitely not for everybody. No. You, you have to really, you have to think that way and you have to enjoy it. And I love it. Like, I love figuring it out. I love thinking in that way. Yeah. Having been in the wire so much totally helps me be able to think that way too. 100%. And, and just learning, like, I'm constantly, constantly learning. The people I'm working with have been doing it for a long time, so I learned so much from them. Uh, this is the first show where I've started firing boxes. Oh, sick. And so, like, I'm just... I keep kind of, it's, it's like a new world for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's kind stunts. of exciting. Yeah. It's wild because rigging is definitely like you don't get the stun adjustments, but riggers tend to be the first guys in, last ones out a lot of times too. But also, George Cottle is freaking awesome, and this is how it should be, and uh, other coordinators are starting to do this. He uh, gives adjustments for running the box, being on a gold tail. Wow. He has a whole system for That's super what dope. you do as a rigger. Because, I mean, you are putting in extra effort and strength. And, and, dude, some of these guys are doing insane stuff, especially when they don't get to use wenches and they have to hand-pull stuff. It's like, yeah. dude, these guys are putting in reps all day yeah. long. But, but all that, too. So it's a, it's a skill thing as well. So, like, yeah. to run a winch, 100%. you can't just throw anybody on a winch. You'll, nah. you'll kill somebody. 100%, yeah. So it's a skill. So he'll give you a good adjustment for running a winch. Really? That's dope, Running, running a gold tail. Like, if you're stopping somebody on a gold tail, like a decelerator, yeah. that is a very highly, like, Dude, high level skill set. Break someone's legs or save yeah. their life. One of the two. Yeah. So he also gets a good adjustment for that. Sick. You know, the button, same thing. Like you really have to have good timing and you have to know what you're doing. You have to be able to save the person if you need to save the person. Totally. So he gives adjustments for that. That's like, dope, dude. Yeah. I didn't hear, I didn't know of that. That's really, really yeah. cool. That's definitely a rarity within our business from yeah. as far as I knew on all my shows. So Absolutely. And then it, it helps because going from a performer to just a rigger, like you said, on a lot of shows where you're not getting adjustments, you go from making this because of all the adjustments so base, to like, weekly. base rate yeah you're still great yeah yeah but but so being on something like this with a coordinator like george you can still you know keep that going crazy yeah, which was just how it should be yeah 100 percent. that's super cool i didn't know you're getting into rigging and stuff like that yeah that's yeah, super dope are you starting to assemble your own equipment and gear or are you just part of a team for now um george has he has a 48 footer and a 20 footer full of gear yeah so um, no need to bring that to work. So no need for that. I've got a little bit of stuff at home just for doing my own playing stuff. I have a little bit of truss at home. I actually built a little truss rig in the backyard. Nice. Okay. And uh, yeah, just that. But but yeah, no, no aspirations for my own gear as of now. Crazy, man. Super, super cool. Well, I had no idea. That's super dope to see. Hopefully I'll see you on set one of these days. Yeah. Uh, and now I just know that you're like in the rigging system. So yeah, when I call guys, that's awesome. Who's the lead rigger that you work under? Uh, Anthony Genova. Oh, I don't, I've never worked with him. So he has yeah. been with George for a long time. I think 
he started on homecoming he might okay. even started a show before that sick um he's awesome he was a navy seal and then he was a physics uh teacher high school physics teacher he's insanely smart guy um and he went to get into stunts like way way back mm-hmm. and i think he's kind of like dabbled in and out and then he's super gotten into stunts and rigging and he worked on a chris daniels and learned a ton from chris daniels okay i think this is his first show as the lead rigger crazy super dope man that's so crazy to think about yeah like i said the chris daniels thing was super surreal because the first time i met chris was as a rigger yeah and he was giving people like a lot of notes on like how to ride lines and people were like how does he know all this and yeah. it's like this guy was spider-man yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the original ones like yeah it, well he was the yeah. one so like chris did everything yeah i mean like there's other doubles who did a ton of no, stuff no but he even did, he told me he told me stories of how he did like the promo shoots and got to set his own rates for appearances mm-hmm. and stuff because no one had set a rate yet or done yep. it yeah but then he also did like a lot of like toby stuff because toby is he's claustrophobic oh wow so he couldn't go in the full suit all the time okay so chris did like chris was spider-man wow epic 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 that's crazy man um that's so dope dude so obviously like career-wise seems to be going good i know uh life-wise most recently got married after mm-hmm. a very long relationship yeah. I, I and here's what's funny about maria is like we talked about it earlier how um you she she used to take martial arts with my mom she marie was actually our lead stunt double on Stumptown mm-hmm. uh pre-covid time uh, so i got really close to her during that time um, and I just used to always tease her, like, can you get married? And she's like, I don't really believe in marriage and all this stuff and all this. <laughs> and so when you finally got married, I was like, dude, good for David that he actually, like, this is all coming together now. So <laughs> how long did you guys date for? It was like. We were together for, I think, 10 years. Wow. And it was just, I mean, we were basically married. But You're already living was, together. You own property, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It was never like a priority and then just decided to one day. Okay. Super cool, man. Congratulations. You definitely have to say hi and yeah. send my regards. I will. She's in the Ozarks right now. Doing what? Doing working? a girl's trip. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Is she working <laughs> on something? That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. And so, like, that's one thing that I did want to ask you about just briefly before we get out of here and then we can move on. But uh, it's very rare that we actually get to talk to someone who um, their partner is in the industry as well. Do you find that it's easier to deal with, like, understanding, like, I guess the onset time and schedule and stuff like that? Because a lot of guys that get on here... Um, they have families and kids and they go away for a long period of time. And one of their biggest regrets is that like they are away and they're lucky that their wife understands and stuff, you know? Yeah. I, it, it still is hard. Like she obviously understands because she does the same career as me. Sure. And so if I go away for a job or long hours or whatever, she definitely understands, but it doesn't make it less hard. Yeah. So like I, I spent the last like two years working in Atlanta, so just away from home, away from her, away from her dogs. Yeah. And then she came out with me on a, oh, I forgot, I did Haunted Mansion. I read on that, too. Oh, no way. Um, okay. She came out with me for for most of that and lived in Atlanta and picked up work out there and everything. But, uh, you know, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't want to live in Atlanta. She likes living here. Totally. And so she didn't want to do that again. So it's hard. And so, like, this show. Good to stay in town. Yeah, I had a choice between this and going to Boston and decided to stay here like I've been gone for so long and do you guys ever get to work together yeah yeah, yeah. and she so she's came in for the Star Wars show for a couple of weeks so far she's coming on for another three weeks in like a week or so okay sick super cool yeah she's been on Spidey she oh she got to work on No Way Home oh it's No Way and okay. that was the 
first time I think she ever actually saw me in the suit. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like on set being, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. We got some great pictures. That's cool. Hell yeah, man. Super dope. Um, so, dude, this is a question that I ask everyone before we get out of here. Um, where do you see yourself five years from now? And where do you see yourself 10 years from now? And that could be life or career or both. I don't know. I'd love five years from now. I would love to, it's going to sound weird, but almost be like semi-retired. Okay. I got you. Pick and choose your work, I guess. My dream is to work on like one or two things a year. Yeah. And then go travel. Like I want to go live in another country and just live there for like two or three months. Oh, no way. And then come back home and just stay at home or pick up a job or something like that. And then just whenever you get the itch again, go live somewhere else for a few months. No way. Okay. Let's and would you that. just like rent a place during that time period or like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've got like our, our rentals that we have. Yeah. And I think pretty soon we'll be in a place that that could sustain that sort of lifestyle. Nice. And, and yeah, so I think we would just try to figure out a budget for doing that sort of thing and then okay. just rent a place and do it. Crazy. That's I, super dope. When I, when I worked on Zoolander 2, I was in Rome for like three months. Yeah. So that was like my first experience of like, we, we travel a lot, but that was my first experience of like living somewhere else. And I loved it. Oh, really? I felt like I became like a local and became part of like the culture. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I want to do this. I want to do this everywhere. Sick, man. No way. So maybe that. Hopefully that. But I love I love working too and I love doing what I'm doing and moving up and I don't know. It's hard. It's been a crazy path, man. Like <clears throat> fourteen years ago never would have thought you'd be rigging right now at <laughs> full time rigger as opposed to like performing, you know. Yeah, no crazy the natural transitions that happen but it's been super dope to see man like i said um <clears throat> starting our careers together like yeah. literally on the same non-union shows hanging out with the same group of friends uh obviously we go in like our own separate paths in, in our careers but like obviously like following hearing your name knowing what you're doing it's super dope to see and uh yeah man i can't wait to see like what continues to happen in the next five to ten years yeah man super Fun. dope yeah Thanks for coming through, dog. I really appreciate it. It's been so cool to just catch up. <clears throat> the start of the episode is like a throwback to like so many insane <laughs> memories. Some of them are just like flashing before my eyes as I started talking about them. So yeah. Um, hell yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming through and uh, looking forward to like hopefully one day. Like I don't think we've gotten the chance to work together since I, I Daily Warrior. I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think so. Be awesome. Yeah. If you have any interest on coming on Star Wars, I'll throw your name over there. Maybe. <laughs> I just don't do ratchets anymore. <laughs> I don't do car hits. I don't do ratchets anymore. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good move. I'll do some fighting. I'll do some falling. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. The last <laughs> couple of weeks, I uh, ran down a hallway. I sat in a club, and uh, I was a uh, security guard looking around. <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's where I'm at right now, bro. It's way less painful. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it, besides the adjustments, it still pays the same. So it's like, yeah, yeah, not a bad life to live. Thankfully, got good friends in high places that are uh, yeah, yeah. taking care of us. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Um, well, dude, before we get out of here, can you just look in this camera and tell people where they can continue to stay up to date and follow your journey, whether that's Instagram or anything you want to shout out, feel free to do so. We'll put it on the screen. Yeah, uh, I'm not the best at posting, but I got Instagram. It's at uh, DLson310, D-E-L-S-O-N-310. Um, I try to be better on it. I'll try to still be better. Hell yes. Guys, with that being said, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast. Interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. David Elson himself. So that being said, guys, got to give one more very special shout out. Thanks for coming through, dog. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me here. It's fun. Hell yes. And as always, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Till next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace. <laughs>